welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. This month is a month of church growth and spiritual warfare. We are reading the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 5. It says, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and with fuel, uh, fuel of fire. Now, you have to understand that in every war, there is confusion. Now, since you have become a Christian, have this understanding that you are in a warfare. There is a fight that is going on that you have to fight yourself. And this fight, if you look at the, the war movies that America will make for the wars they've gone through, uh, you can see people die. Around 1980, 81, there was a, a, a big war that America started in the Middle East, in Iran. And uh, Iraq. This, this is what happened. CNN showed us live pictures of what war is like. It's not like movies where somebody writes the script and tells you, you already preempt who's going to win. It was not like that. It was one of the most scariest things because if somebody was shot, you saw it was a real person who has died that day. And this is my challenge to you, that you have to understand that becoming a Christian is a battlefield. If they've told you Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the peace that he gives to us is a peace, eternal peace, not necessarily the tranquility that other people will claim that when there is no fight between people, there is peace. We'll use the example of the European nations. Europe is at peace, but truth be told, Europe is not at peace. The reason why they are at peace is the amount of ammunition they have already. In other words, everybody has got a nuclear power, so nobody wants to fight anybody anymore. Because they know, should England try to fight France, France has a nuclear power. England has a nuclear power. Who's going to remain? So they better make peace, not because they like each other, but they know there is equilibrium. Their level of strength and power is the same. So they are at peace. So you have to understand that in a warfare, there's going to be confusion. If you look at the film we saw when they were showing this war on CNN or the war movies that America has made, there is confusion. There is bombs, there is explosions, there are guns. Even in your life daily, there are things that are bombarding you with the intent to confuse you so that you will focus on wrong things. And you will think this is a real thing. So in the midst of war, we remain focused for us as a church. What is the purpose of man on earth? You are not only born just to enjoy yourself. You are not only born to marry, to have two and a half children, to have a model wife in a nice, nice car. And then everybody says, I want to be like so and so. That is a very short vision. We were not born only for those things. We were born for greater things. The book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 8, gives us a very clear picture. The Lord is speaking there. It says, ask of me, nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for what? It's there. Read it. You are not copying. It's there. Read it. Can we read it together? It says, ask of me, and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Ask of me what? Nations. So the battle is on. The fight is on. We need to understand that there are greater things that God has called us into. But in the midst of war, people will target wrong things and think what they are doing is most important. But what we are doing, if God is not in it, is a waste of time for us. Because confusion, in the midst of confusion... There's going to be difficulty. War is a place where they, they seem like there is confusion. And yet, in that confusion, you are having 
people targeting specific things in order to win the war. Even yourself, don't get confused by the many lights. We usually say to all the new students, welcome to the city. Your village doesn't have as many lights as this city has. So never be confused that you are new. Every night it looks like day. Yes, in the village is dark. You know where you are coming from. But when you come to the city, everywhere is, it seems like everybody's happy in Pretoria. Let the sun set now, Sunday afternoon. You'll think everybody has money, everybody's happy. And you might be deceived. So don't be like a moth that is taken over by the light. And then it forgets the sun is coming tomorrow. The real life is going to start. So don't be deceived when you are here in the city. Don't forget we are in a warfare. Satan will distract you. They will take you to the Shebin. And you'll think the Shebin is the greatest thing that happened to an African child. You are free now. Your mother is not there. Your father is... This is still war. If you are not going to stay focused, you are not going to win. You will become a casualty like many others who have come to the city. They have never graduated. Their parents spend all their savings. Not that they can, but they did it with the hope that you will be their lifeline. No matter to somebody. So, have that clear understanding that in the midst, we are in a warfare as a, as a church. We are fighting powers of darkness, spirits of wickedness in heavenly places. We are busy making sure that the kingdom of God moves forward. And if your life is going to move forward, it means you must have something greater to live for. That's why I say to our young professionals, you can't tell me you are living just to, to eat and drink. You need to have a better understanding of the call of God upon your life. I've got about four points. Then I'll take my seat and, and sit down. Amen. Uh, can you help us with the child, please? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number one. We are in the battle for the souls of men. Can you tell your neighbor, we are in the battle for the souls of men. So you have to understand that your soul is important. The life of a human is important. What we are doing, everything, all the resources we have, we are investing in the soul of man. Because Jesus, in his divineness, came on earth for one thing. Not to start a medical school. We didn't come here to start a mining company or to drill water for people to have water. He didn't go to Cape Town to drill water because they have no water. No. He came for one main reason that all men should be saved and none should be lost. Is that fine? So you have to understand that in the midst of the busyness of life, the challenges we have, Jesus came into the world for the souls of men. He sacrificed his life for our life. He gave his life for our life. Therefore, as you are here in the city, have that bigger picture that this is just a small piece, is a puzzle in the bigger picture of your life. God is passing you through this life so that you are able as well to become a source of life to others. He sacrificed his life for our life. If we do not get used to the battle atmosphere or the war atmosphere, we will never function properly. Most people miss the point. They think their life is to take loans, to have accounts, closing accounts and so forth. If we were to say to most of our people who are working here, uh, take your wallet, you'll be shocked how many store cards they have. You must be delivered from those things. They are distractions. Can you tell your neighbor, they are distractions. Yes. It's part of the battlefield of Satan because as a young person, we have some of our young people who get distracted by the busyness of the city. You have to understand that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. So, in the, in, the, in the field of war, there is no peace that people are expecting that, oh, everything will be... The peace I have is the peace within, in the work that I'm doing, that God is with me, His power is with me, is the one that empowers me. There is not a tranquil atmosphere of peace in war. There is no uh, harmony in war. There is no joy in war. You need to go to Syria. You need to go to uh, areas where there is war. You'll realize that it is not like that. 
and even with ourselves, as a, as a Christian, you need to understand that we are in a spiritual warfare. The atmosphere of war, there is always danger. There is always risk. There is always confusion. There is always bewilderment. You need to go to the campuses. If this week you are going to the campus, you could see bewilderment in the, in the faces of people as they are applying, trying to finalize their registration. People are shocked that things don't go as easy as they've thought because everybody's fighting. Now, the week, they go one, first day and they say no, they, they quit. They say, you heard, they said no, I'm not going again. But for some of us, we knock the door ten times until they open, until the person says, I'm annoyed. What do you want? Then you, give, they, you tell them, this is what I'm looking for. And then they give it to you with peace. Please, take it, don't tell anyone. But uh, you are happy because that's what you came for. May the Lord give you your heart's desire in the name of Jesus. May you receive favor in the name of Jesus. So you have to understand, there is stress in war. When we are fighting, Satan will fight you with everything that he has. You have come into the city, you are going to develop what we call homesickness. Homesickness is a disease. January will pass, February will pass, end of February, beginning of March. If you are new in the city, you'll soon be feeling loneliness. Not that there are no people around you. But you are in a new environment. We call it homesickness. Most students fail because of it. They can't concentrate anymore. Somebody will even quit and say, I'm going home. I'm canceling. No, don't cancel. Hold on. Tell your neighbor, don't cancel. Is the atmosphere of war, stress is what makes us to succeed. Yes. Stress is good. Lack of peace is good. Because you want peace. So it makes you to think right. I was reading during the break uh, for doctors and others that our rich, our affluent, they think they are fine. The book of Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. What does it say? It says they look at themselves and say we are at peace. Everything is going, is going well. I'm talking about somebody sitting here. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, please. It says, because you say, I am rich, I've become wealthy, I need nothing, and you don't know that you are wrecked, you are pitiful, you are poor, you are blind, and you are naked. This is a story of most of us who are well-educated. Yeah, we think we are rich because you are any salary. You think you are rich. Play games. You haven't started to live. There is the Bible. It says, some of us, we think we are rich because we have got relative peace. We have food. We are wealthy. We need nothing. It says, you don't know that you are wrecked. You are pitiful. You are poor. You are blind. You are naked. May the Lord have mercy on us. And listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, let me give you counsel. Let me give you counsel. It says, I will counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Some people, their shame will come in time. Yes. Some, some people, their shame will come in time. All the people who look strong and powerful will soon see on the newspaper that the person we thought was strong was made out of sand. Or it was ice, you know, ice. There is this thing that my, my daughter likes washing uh, snowmen and whatever. And this uh, snowman will be saying, I can't wait for summer. Summer is coming. He says, I can't wait for summer. You are ice. Summer will melt you. You know, every time he says, I can't wait for summer, I say, You are ice. Immediately, the African sun comes out. You are finished. You better stay in winter. Because that's where you survive. Most of us are like that. Because of the relative comfort you have, you think you are invisible, you are more powerful, you will not serve the Lord. Time will force you to serve the Lord. Some of us, pain makes us to look for God. And this is what I was saying to some people. Since you are the kind of person you are, you need God to touch you just once. Imagine somebody. You need God to do what? So that you remember, some people forget quickly where God has taken them. As the church, Emmanuel Christian Church, 
we have entered into a season of war for souls of men. We, this Saturday, we are going out to win souls. Sunday, after church, this second service, next week, when we say amen, some of us, we are not going home. No lunch. We'll be on the street because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have an outreach program. Signs and wonders, miracles. We are looking forward to that service. So we want more people to come and know Jesus. Amen? We are entering a season with aggression because we know that Satan has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. May you receive an abundant life in the name of Jesus. I said receive an abundant life in the name of Jesus. Number two, we are talking about war, spiritual warfare. War, the business of war is to take new territory. Every time you hear America said war or any nation said war, the main reason why they are at war, they want more. They want what? If you want more, you have to fight. Now, Satan is a crooked uh, uh, devil because in his works, he creates an environment in us that you don't need more. You are fine. What you have is good enough. Those who are satisfied, they never have the things they want in life. Never be satisfied with the little you have. You know, you buy a suit, they buy you a suit. Now that you are putting on a suit, you feel like you have arrived. It's just one suit. There's still more other suits. And even the one you are putting on is made of cotton. The suit's made out of wool. The price is not the same. Yes. Cotton is grass. Wool is different. The material is more expensive. And wool, there are different kinds of wool. You have what they call mohair. You, have you heard about mohair? More expensive. The clothes you put on, you know some things they are painful. The clothes we put on here because it's hot. If you live with your warm clothes, you go to Europe today with your warm clothes, what you call warm clothes. You'll be like you haven't dressed anything. And you'll meet the European who's putting on a, on a mohair wool, small t-shirt, so hot. If you dress it, if you put it on here in South Africa, you'll be sweating. It's a vest, but you'll be sweating. Tell your neighbor, you haven't started to live. Yeah. You know, when, 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 when you are here, you are eating your kota and acha. And you come from a village and you never ate kota and acha. You are saying to yourself, I've arrived in heaven. <laughs> Not knowing that there are people who are eating beggars. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bread of survival. It's not like you are there. We, we, if you have the spark, we know you are eating it because you enjoy it, but it's the cheapest bread we can find. Between me and you, we know it's, it's the cheapest bread. It's not like it's a style. I'm going to tell somebody. So you have to know, in the war, the main reason why the church exists is to take territory. The reason why you exist is to take territory for God. To secure it for our generations. When we started here in the, in the city, there were not so many black people. Did you know? This city used to be white people. But we are wild. Today, it's very rare to find a white person in the city. I don't know you heard what I said. Every, we will populate every piece of land. Ask of me what? Ask of me what? And the ends of the earth for what? Your inheritance. You have to make up your mind. You can either decide to remain at Swana, Izulu, and Debele and fight for a small plot of land in KwaZulu Natal and say, This is my ancestral land. There is more land, much bigger than KwaZulu Natal. Yes, there is more land, much bigger than South Africa. I'm going for that land. Yes. For you, you can be fighting for the little crumbs that you have. Because that's what Satan will want to preoccupy you with. You'll think what you're doing is important. Buying a house. Driving a car, doctor. You can't aim for those things. Most educated people, that verse, Revelation, is for them. It's for you and your colleagues. They look at themselves and say, I'm comfortable. I have a big house. I have a big, big car. I earn a big salary. My children go to private school. I stay in a gated community. Nobody comes to my, 
Nobody knocks at the door. You know, your house is so deep in the estate. Nobody's going to bother you. And you think you have peace. The Bible puts it very clearly. It says it's a shame. You are poor. You are pitiful. You are, you are hungry. You are naked. But we will not tell the people that the rich are naked. We will not tell the people. Because they look rich. But they are looking at us who are poor. And say, I wish I was like you. I wish I was like Because the poor, they are saying, I wish I was like you. But the rich says, if you know the trouble I have caused for myself, I become a slave. May the Lord deliver us from slavery in the name of Jesus. We said number two, the, the business of, the, of war is to take new territory. The church is called to take new territory. We are planting more churches. Come March, we are intending to have more services here. Our target is four and five with the evening service, Lady P. Yeah. Five with, with evening service. Amen. So, we better make peace to come to church, uh, to labor and work for God. Hallelujah. A season of expansion and growth, a season to fight war against the enemy, the devil. It's time to take the spoils. Tell your neighbor, it's time to take the spoils. Yeah, it depends what you're looking for. It's time to take the spoil. It's time for victory. As the church, we will, we will do more for God. We will need more of your time. We will need more of your life. We will need more of your money. Can you tell your neighbor, we'll need more of your life. Let's, let's speak it like we mean what we say. We need more of your life. We need more of your time. We need more of your money. Yes. When, when the church started, I was privileged. I worked. I, I, I was earning, I think, reasonably, uh, like some of the guys who are earning here. When the church started, nobody gave us money. Who paid the rent? Ask your neighbor, who paid the rent? Yeah. Everybody was a student. There was only two cars in the church. It was my car and my wife's car. Am I right, Francis? It is true. I'll have in the morning carry the instrument, this big instrument, carry them, pack them, sweating. When I finish, dress up, get into the car to pick up the people. Because if I don't pick up, I'll be preaching to myself. They will not come. What, what stops you, doctor, to doing that? Lady P, how much do you earn? Don't tell them. They will come for loan. But it's a lot of money. Why can't you help God? Ask your neighbor, why can't you help God? Yeah. You can ask any pastor. If the pastor was a, he was a missionary, came to the city, started the church, most for sure, they used their money. There's no white man who came with dollars and pounds from America and said, you look so black, I like you. Here's the money, start some work and I will support you. Nobody has given me money when the church started. Nobody said, go and pay. You are privileged, you are rich. You are having a good job. You have a career. You are a scientist. You are an engineer. Ask your neighbor, why can't you help God? All of us can do something for God. There is something you can do. Don't waste your time on things that are perishable. The book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Epaphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Hallelujah. So here God was saying to Joshua, 
you are going to advance. Can you tell your neighbor you are going to in 2018 you are going to advance? You like it or not? Yeah, you can't be with us and not grow. It's not possible. Yeah, you you better go to another church and sit down, and then the pastor will spoon feed you. Have you seen people that are spoon fed? They can't think. They can't do anything better. Here God was saying to Joshua, you are going to do territorial expansion. God was showing him, this is the whole land I've given to you. I want you, wherever you will step, I will be stepping with you. I will give you the territory. When we say we are going to do something, we have to look at ourselves. Is it possible? I don't think so. But we are going to dead the devil anyway. No matter to somebody. We are going to fight anyway. You cannot come here to study and not study and, and be around gallivanting in the shebins in the city. Is it first time you are seeing alcohol? Are you fine? Is, is, is everything alright upstairs? You, you can't come here and say, we have sent you here to take possession of this great city to change it for our God. So as a church, as we move forward, we are saying, all hands on deck. Why don't you come and help us? Ask your neighbor, why don't you come and help us? Let us build a city for our God. Hallelujah. Yes. Territories can be taken. Lives can be changed. Transformation can come. Many times people will accuse me for selfishness and things, and I laugh. I say, selfish me. I'm very generous. What do you think, Lady P? Very, very generous. Wherever I've been, I've taken people with me. There's no place I've been, I've not taken people. There's no place. It's not possible. I've paid for FS for people. FS. Never paid a cent. Most of the time, if I travel with somebody, I've paid. If you hear I'm with doctor in Cape Town, your number one suspicion should be, even though he's a doctor, they paid for him. The kingdom demands it. You see, you will not see until you are led. Some people can see because nobody's leading them. They are blind. The only thing they think is themselves. If I was thinking of myself, this church will not be here. If I was thinking, oh, we don't have money, let's pray for a sponsor from America. The sponsor has not come even now. So where will we be today? Huh? We will be nowhere. Can you tell your neighbor, you can make a difference. You can make a difference. Hallelujah. God said to Joshua, wherever you will go, I will go with you. It takes faith to believe the Rema Wade. It takes faith to believe God. It takes faith to move, to see God work and doing signs and wonders in your life. I want to believe that God has an intent with your life. When I came to the city, I thought I was coming to the city to do business, to buy. That vision changed very fast. God reminded me there's something greater, more important than having a house, than making babies. I know some of you are thinking, oh, baby making is the most important thing. So that's, somebody was even praying, Lord, before Jesus comes, let me be married first. Those who have paid Lobola, they are praying, Jesus don't come <laughs> so that I can eat the benefit of my Lobola. Hey, doctor. Hey, the man paid Lobala in December, you know. So he's the one who's stopping Jesus to come. Lord, come quickly. Jesus, come now. <laughs> they say, no, let the Lord wait. Number three, the business of war is to take things by force. If you are not forceful, you are not going to get anything. You know, sometimes as a brother, even when you propose, if you propose once, the girl, the girl says no. You'll be a fool to walk away. You must, you must trouble the girl until she says yes. She must dream you pursuing and chasing her and realizing even if I run, I can't run too far. This guy is coming. One, 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 one young woman said no to her brother. said no. 
A year passed, two years passed. Nobody came. You know, sisters have their own brother in the church. When, when we are praising, the right brother comes and says, hey, you're right. The girl says, no. <laughs> not you. You don't have a, a proper title. You are not doctor. You are not engineer. Two years after, the girl was still singing. All the other people were getting married. And he said to a friend of Pastor King, Go and tell the guy I'm interested. <laughs> Second round, you must take a, a U10. And uh, they went and they told the brother, but you know they were wise. They just said to the brother, Oh, how are things with you? You know? And then they said, Sister Soroso is thinking about you. She's regretting. The guy said, Really? Mm. Go second round. The guy says, I've been waiting. That was the right man. Amen. So the business of war is to take things by force. If as a church, we don't insist on growing as a church, we don't insist on going on the street, we can't take a new territory. If we don't insist to go to other nations, our church will remain in one country. If we don't insist, we'll remain in one province. If we don't insist, we'll never become the persons that God wants us to be. You have to fight. To pass at school, you have to fight. You have to fight the attitude of your lecturer. You know, some lecturers have demons. They just don't flow. They don't like you. So what do you do? Do you quit school? It's not their school. It was not made for them. They are employees. They are privileged that they came before you. It's not like they are better than you. So you have to make up the decision. I have to work. I was talking to one young, young man. And I said, you must work your lecturer nice. You must sit in front. To work the lecturer, you sit in front. You help the lecturer. If he's got a lot of papers, he says, I don't want to be the teach, uh, pet. What? teacher's pet. I say, when you are teacher's pet, you pass all the modules. I'm telling you experience. You can decide to please your friends who are not teacher's pets. But I'll sit in front. I'll be helping. Doing all the things that are possible. When you ask the question, even if, if I know the answer, I answer. Even if they didn't choose me. Because I want them to believe I know. Even though I don't know. Does it make sense? Yes. Then you pass. Even when, when you... You are struggling. They will help you. Isn't it? Yeah. I remember having lunch with my lecturer. Sitting down, eating. And he's the one who's going to be doing the exam. What do you think? He's the one who's going to do the exam. No, it's a true story. It's not a joke. I was a student. He's a senior person. But because I was a teacher's pet. You call it what? Teachers? It's a privilege. When others are struggling, I can go to their, to, their, to their flat. I can sit with them. And when the exam comes, if I'm short one mark, do you think I'll fail? Do you think I will fail? I don't think so. I'll pass by 50. <laughs> and 50 is a pass. <laughs> I'll pass by 50. For you, there no dog, no teacher's dog pet. You will be repeating. You will not even get a supplementar. It will be an honor to get a supplementar. You will wish you will get a supplementar. Am I to somebody? So, some things, they are simple. You make your life difficult. But to take things by force, the church to advance, you have to have intent and a strong hand. The strong hand, you have to be determined, I'm going to succeed no matter what. Failure is not an option. We are going to grow. We are going... You have to make your decision. You are married. Divorce is not an option. It's a word that should not have been spoken in my house. Regardless of how much we fight, Satan is not part of it. Does it make sense? You fight with intent to win. Not to abuse the process, but to make sure that the process doesn't abuse you. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. This year, we have to make that decision to say, 
we are going to take the territory in Pretoria. We're going to expand the work. We're going to do much more. And we're going to use as much force as we can. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a clap offering? So you have to make up your mind to be part of the workers. I like putting it this way. All of us came as visitors. Can you tell your neighbor? I came as a visitor. Whosoever is standing here, the doctor, whosoever that looks privileged, he came as a visitor. The only thing is that when he came as a visitor, he never left. Other people living today who came 12 years ago, they are still visitors everywhere in the city. No fruit, nothing. You can't see anything in their life. You have to make up your mind. I'm going to fight to be fruitful. I'm going to fight to pass. I'm going to fight to succeed. I'm going to fight to stay married. I'm going to fight to be able to pay my bills. I'm going to fight to feed myself. You cannot take things lightly and things, things will come to pass without you making a fight. You have to fight a good fight of faith. Hallelujah. We must fight because some things are not given unless you take them by force. Unless you fight, you will not get them. You must fight to overcome the resistance and the opposition to your goals. You have to know this is an opposition to my goals. There are people who will stand before you to tell you you will not say, somebody said, over my dead body. And you say, over your dead body, are you sure? He says, yes. He says, then we will bury you. If you are going to resist what we are doing, we are going to bury you. We will pray until you are dead. You will be removed from your position of power. We had many years ago in the Northwest, we used to have what they call Bob TV. We had somebody who was a director in the religious affairs, you know, for church broadcasting, church services. He refused our church at that time to preach. I remember all night prayer that we held, part of the, almost half of the all night prayer, we were praying for that person to be removed. We were, we were still children, we were students at the university. And we're not praying these prayers that people are praying. Those we call them dangerous prayers. We live in camp with brooms and broom them. And say, Lord, may they be eradicated. May. You won't believe the person was fired like a dog. Scandals just came, they removed the person. And guess who was employed for that position? It was a member of our church. First time we were sitting in the studios. Appearing on TV every Sunday. Our church together with other churches, born again churches, preaching on television. For the first time after many years. And all of us in the church were going, those prayers were dangerous. We were brooming. Lord, we erased them, even their memory. May they not be remembered. You know, if you want the memory to be removed, let the person be caught corruption and whatever. Their memory will be erased. Every time you raise their name, say, don't even talk about it. We forget the good they have done. We focus on the evil they have done. May the Lord have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. May his grace abound upon our life in the name of Jesus. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and 9 it says, be sober. Can you tell your neighbor, be sober. Be vigilant. Tell them, be vigilant. The Bible says, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walk about seeking whom he may devour. You should know the enemy, the intent of Satan is to make sure you amount to nothing. You come to school but never graduate. Yeah. If you are a girl, you must be pregnant. So that you go back to your village where you come from. And you know, some of us, our parents haven't gone to school. Get pregnant, is finished. You will have to go and work. If you think children are cheap, ask your friends. They will tell you. Children are, exp- it's very nice when you are having sex there. You just have a baby. You take a child to school. Ask your mother. It's expensive. Am I telling somebody? Tell your neighbor it's expensive. Don't think about it. You are a child. You have no husband. Fight to remain pure as you are. Yes. Fight to remain pure. You will thank yourself tomorrow. Lady P, you are having fun, isn't it? You can go anywhere. No baby, no cockroach, no cat. You can serve the Lord nicely. 
Number two is somebody. I've got four children. I'm telling you the truth. Children are not cheap. It's expensive. It's expensive. The boyfriend that is going all over you, licking you everywhere. I'm telling you, just tell him you are pregnant. Tell him I'm pregnant. <laughs> I say, tell him I'm pregnant. The same guy who said I love you and no one, I, there's no, no one that I've ever loved. He's lying. He's lying. Just get, believe me, get pregnant. You will know that the world can be cruel. Yeah. The same guy will disappear. He will change his cell phone. He will change his address. This city will become too big. Oh, you were meeting him every corner. Wherever you tent, he was there. You will walk the city for three to five years. He's in the city, but you can't meet him. You can't see him. No, this is true. It's not a joke. You have to fight. You have to know this is warfare. This is not like a joke. For, for girl children, it's worse. As a girl, you're, you play the game, you lose. I always say girls lose more than boys. Yeah. You, stuck, you are stuck with the baby. Your parents say we will not support you. You are a woman now. Go, you know, to apply. In other words, they say, go. If you are sleeping around, already you know how it works. Go and sleep some more. Make some more money for you. I can tell you stories. Some of you live like you are rich, but you are not rich. You forgot where you come from. We are in a war. Tell your neighbor we are in a war. The poverty we have is specifically because other people have been fighting to try to keep us out of the poverty. So you have to understand, you have to be sober. You have to be vigilant because Satan is going about like a lion looking for whom he can swallow. He wants to eat you alive, make you a mockery so that you fail spectacularly. Have you seen people who fail spectacularly? Everybody knows about your failure. Wherever you go, people say, ah, we remember you. We remember you. No, we remember you. You, you. you end up becoming suicidal because of the scandal that has come upon your life. You, you have become a spectacular failure. You are the example that you will be used to warn others. If you want to experience life, you will end up like so-and-so. Tell your neighbor, this is warfare. Yes. Don't take it for granted. Some people say, oh, I will live a very nice life if I divorce my husband. Divorce him. Oh, this girl, if I divorce her, I'll be divorce, divorce, divorce her. Let's see. Then you will know that life can be brutal. Life can be brutal. May the Lord have mercy. So you have to understand that there is opposition to the As a church, whatever we do, people will oppose. Some of the opposition will get is our oldest member. Yesterday we had prayer here in the morning. I was asking. Nobody was less than 10 years except one woman who said she's eight months in the church. The rest, old crocs, they've been here too long. They know every joke I'm going to make. They can even tell you the message I'm going to preach. They've been here. They say, ah, we know January is this, February is this, possibly this is the message. So already they've got their iPad checking which message I'm preaching today for the past 10 years that I've been preaching in front of them. So you have to understand the business of war is to take things by force. You have to make the decision, I'm going to succeed. Number four and lastly. The business of war is to defend yourself. Can you tell your neighbor, the business of war is to defend yourself. Spiritual warfare is to fight and defend your gains. You win, you keep, you consolidate, you make sure you don't lose anything. Whatever that you have, unfortunately with most of us, we don't know consolidation. Whatever that we have, we lose it again. Whatever we have, we lose it again. I saw when we were growing up many years ago, we caught some fish. I don't know if you know, bubble fish. It doesn't die even if you take it outside the water. You, the one with the big head and some bubble. You know bubble fish? Yeah. We caught a few of them, you know, put them on the river bank. And we went back to catch some more. I don't know what happened, but one of, of the fish, because they were together, one of, of them started to flip. 
and all of them started to flip. You won't believe. They went back into the water. <laughs> then we realized all the people laughed at us. They said, we saw it that this fish is going to get very bad. We said, we are not telling you so that you can learn. Can you imagine? We're still in water trying to catch fish. Our three pieces of fish went into the water. That day we went home without nothing. Yet we caught the fish. When, they arrived, when we arrived at home, they were asking, did you catch fish? We said, yes. Where's the fish? It went back. <laughs> it went back into the water. Some of us, if you don't defend what you have, you will lose it. Yeah. You are born again now. Jesus loves you. You are taking it as a, as a playground. I will see how I go. Guess what? You will lose what you have. And there are certain things, when you lose them, you can't have them again. You know, when you lose your virginity, you can't be a virgin again. We'll just pray and pretend, Lord, may you restore their virginity in the name of Jesus. <laughs> when we marry you, we'll say, she's a spiritual virgin. The Lord has restored her again. You will wish once lost can't be regained. Your innocence, you have to protect it. You have to protect. There are certain things you don't have to know. Don't participate in them. Don't open the door. Because the day you open, you can't close it. There are certain things in life, when the door is open, it's open. It's a floodgate. From there you are fighting against a demon that you welcome. When you were entertaining the demon, it was nice the first time. But from, from that first time, you have to be fighting to be alive. Because every person whose demon, this demon has possessed has never be re, remained the same. You look at yourself, you say, oh, I will do it. If you don't make the decision, I'm going to be born again, I'm going to stay. By the time you reach 60, you'll be insane. Madness is indifferentiated. We see it with your lifestyle. That your education has not profited you. You never had the knowledge to learn. You are just certificated. You just have a lot of certificates, but they haven't profited you. We have to know that the enemy, the devil, is seeking whom he may devour. Satan is leaking, is swallowing, looking at you. Have you been hungry and they are preparing food? And they say, food is coming just now. And they are putting it on the table where they have made you to sit. You will be salivating, swallowing. By the time they say, here's food, you are already full with your own saliva. That's what Satan is doing. He's looking at you, waiting for just opportunity to embarrass you. To swallow you whole. Have you seen the python? The python is one of the most brutal killers. You can feel I'm dying, but you can do nothing about it. Because every time you breathe out, it tightens more closer. <sighs> Before you know it, you are finished. May the grace of the Lord be with you. Satan is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come, John 10, 10. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. May you receive a new life in the name of Jesus. May you receive eternal life in the name of Jesus. You have to make a decision to fight. Stand. Make a stand to build the church. To build the house of God. To defend the gains that the church has given to us. Uh, as Maid Julia was talking that I, uh, my feet were... You have to make the decision to stay healthy. Those feet are meant to walk. Walk some more. When you wake up in the morning, they feel like, oh, they are heavy like before. You say you are lying. The last time I defeated you, and today I'm defeating you again. I'm going to walk. I'm going to do what? To walk. You have to make that decision every day to live a very powerful Christian life. For the church to move forward, for the business of the church, is that we defend the gains we have made. We should defend the properties the church owns. We should defend the life of the people that have been one in the church. We should create a space for God to work in the lives of people. Amen. God has a plan for your life. Can you tell your neighbor, God has a plan for your life. Not to harm you, but to prosper you. Yes. So make the decision to hold on 
to what is true. Whatever that you need, you will find it, but you need to fight to keep it. To, be born, to stay born again, you have to fight. Temptations are everywhere. You take yourself out of temptation. You refuse to stay in an environment that is not good for you. You make that, the, the cost might be too much, but I'm making the decision. I'm moving out of this environment. Can we bow our heads as we pray together? Let's close our eyes, please. Please pray for yourself. Lord, help me. We said four things that we are in the battle for souls of men. Lord, may I be part of the harvesters for the souls of men. Number two, we said the business of war is to take new territory. Lord, help me to be part of the expansion of the kingdom of God. And number three, we said the business of war is to take things by force. Lord, may I be forceful. May I fight against my slackness, my sleep, sleepiness. Lord, may I fight against my, my personality. Number four, and lastly, we said the business of war is to defend yourself. The things that God has given to us, we should fight that Satan will have nothing. The life of people that have been saved should be protected. Can we pray together? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, even this morning. We lift up your name. We pray today, Father, for this, your children. As, Lord, you have spoken to us. May you protect us. May you guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, move mightily in our company. Lord, transform us in a new, fresh way. Holy Spirit, we commit ourselves to you. Open our eyes, the eyes of our understanding, that Lord will be able to see the invisible, wonderful things that are hidden from your law. I pray even today, you said, Lord, I have good plan for your life, not to harm you, but to bless you, to prosper you. Father, we pray even today for the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn our hearts towards you. Turn us towards you, Lord. Save us, protect us, O oh Father, from ourselves and from the powers of darkness. Lord, protect us from the evil intent of Satan. Lord, we thank you that even today, all peace belongs unto you. We worship you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Bluato with a life-transforming message. To stay connected with us, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel, Emmanuel Christian Church, HOJ. 